Welcome to the first ever episode of the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's finally here. It's been in the works. It's been being planned for months now, trying to yes. get everything together. And we are finally here. My name is Dan Ball. This and is Tyler Brocious. Yeah. I mean, I think it's been a long time. It's always been something that we've talked about. And finally, when you have somebody capable and mostly like you, Dan, that can really own it and really take care of it and has the voice for it, we have a lot of fun. And luckily... Luckily, we can have a lot of fun right now, and we're looking forward to it. Exactly. So uh, just to kind of give you an idea, uh, Brosh, I don't know if you want to start how you got to this position where you are right now. Um, I've been working in athletic communications way back when we were still referred to as sports information. Um, started doing play-by-play way back when my sophomore year, which was probably 2015. Did play-by-play, rolled with field hockey all the way through their final season in the MAC, MAC championships. And then I graduated in 20, God, 2017. And we finally looked back and we were like, you know, there was a couple job offers on the table. And I just, I wanted to come back and get my master's. And when you can get your master's and not pay as much as you know somebody else and you could be a graduate assistant they they offer such a great program here i get really excited to come back and i'm really happy now it's year two so we're moving on to the job search right now and leaving a legacy where every kid can be really successful here at quinnipiac but they want to be part of this athletic program so uh Ball, give me your pitch of like where you've been how you got here and just your overall thoughts of really joining athletics in a premium outlet right oh, now man um well so how i got here Um, I'm not a graduate student right now. I'm an undergrad, a junior journalism major. Um, So I I first got started uh, in student media. My first organization was WQAQ, which is the studios which we're currently sitting in right now. Um, I got started with them uh, starting a weekly sports talk show called From the Bleachers um, and getting involved with their production department as well. So that kind of <clears throat> that kind of got me into both the on-air and off-air portions of of audio and it helped me realize how much of how much potential there is in the audio space. Yeah. I mean, you know, people are people are doing you guys are doing video and graphics and you have been for years and that's, you know, that's been a great tool so far for marketing and being able to get uh, the different athletic teams out there. But I was sitting there and thinking to myself, there's no there's no audio that's coming out of Quinnipiac Athletics right now. So um, aside from my work at QAQ, I'm also a member of QBSN like Broche was. Uh, I've gotten a chance to call a number of different games for a number of different athletic teams, um, including some in the fall and spring <laughs> on the athletics website, which what, is a what? great partnership that's going on. Um, and uh, also gotten a chance to write for, for their magazine but when the bobcat sports media group came around um i kind of dipped my toe in before jumping in with two feet just because it was one of 27 things that were going on during a given day um but i realized just like just like broach did i realized his his uh his idea of how much potential there is in the group and how what a great product Quinnipiac athletics are to be able to produce content around. So uh, that's what kind of got me hooked from the beginning. And over the summer, I uh, came to Broche and to Nick Servinsky with this idea. Um, and now we're, we're getting started with our first episode. So I think Broche and I kind of have the same idea for what we want this podcast to be. We want to give the Quinnipiac athletic fans 
an inside look to their athletes, their coaches, the personnel that are making everything tick. We want it, We want you guys to know, you know, how did everybody get to Quinnipiac? What happens on a daily basis besides sports for these athletes? You know, how what makes them tick? What makes them a student? as well as an athlete, as well as a human being, all of that involved. So I think, I mean, you, you probably share that same sentiment with us. Yeah, I think that's been like one of my big factors since ever joining, you know, the I never even knew what the athletic communications realm was until about three years ago. And joining it, I always said there's bigger stories than just what's on the ice, on the field, on the court. And I think as you as I begin to get to know athletes here, I'm just blown away by what they're doing in the classroom, outside the classroom, volunteering, even their family life. And I think... For me, I forget sometimes that student athlete, there's a third part of that, and that's the person. And I think with this podcast and your great mind and you know our ability to have a lot of fun, we'll be able to showcase these amazing 400-plus student athletes, all the amazing coaches, the administrators, and show them this is the people that are running, you know, doing stuff, part of this athletic program, but they're having a lot of fun, and they're really awesome people, and this is what we're about. So uh, the plan for this podcast coming up is uh, we're going to release a new episode once every two weeks. Uh, we're going to be featuring some of the some of the biggest storylines that are going on in Quinnipiac athletics. Broch and I are going to start every episode kind of like this, going <laughs> through. You guys. Yeah, going through. I mean, you can't you can't start your day off much better than this. <laughs> uh, we're going to catch you up at the beginning with everything that happened in the last week of Quinnipiac athletics. Go through some of the biggest wins. Talk about some of the storylines going on there, and uh, then we're also going to preview what's going on for the week after and then each week we'll feature a interview an interview with somebody from Quinnipiac Athletics whether it be an athlete a coach uh, this week we're starting off with the man that both Broch and I mentioned Nick Sherbinsky. he's the new associate athletic director for athletic communications he took that over during the course of the summer and I mean you've watched it there have been monumental changes that have happened in the couple months he's been here already yeah I think for us as someone who's now my boss I mean I mean, every our idea wheel doesn't really stop. It's 1130 at night. I'll shoot him a text. Even if he's asleep, we, we kind of keep the conversation going all day. And the great thing about him is he knows I'm a student first. He wants me to, you know, graduate with my master's. He's always looking for different jobs for me, whether that's here or somewhere else. He knows how to lead. I couldn't be more proud of the decision that um, administrative made. You know, as someone who was already in the department, you always kind of worry, like, I'm a second year grad assistant. You know, there could there be a new boss? So when, uh, you know, Nick called me and told me the news that he was going to be my next boss, I was I was thrilled. I mean, he's just granted as a person. We're friends. I'm very happy for him. Um, but as someone who's my boss, I could not be more thrilled um, of a decision that Quinnipiac could make to move him to athletic communications. Just a brilliant young mind. And you can see you can see kind of the the marketing history that he has a little bit in what he's done so far, um, really trying to make sure that the voice of Quinnipiac Athletics is getting out there and we're using as many different types of new media that we can to sh showcase our athletes and, and the great athletic programs yeah, that we have. The great thing with Zerbinski is that it's not only him right now. He's right. an alum. He graduated, you know, just a couple of years ago. Nick Solari was a GA here. He graduated here undergrad. Like th these are guys and Kevin Noonan that did six, six years, five years, four years. But he, like, everyone here has an absolute love for this place. And once you have a love for something you're doing and a love for a place where you get to put on the shirt every day and have the cue across your chest, I think that adds a whole nother level. Um, there's granted, there's bigger schools out there, but there's no one 
no place more prideful than this. And it's really exciting to see a department I really love and care about where I've been working for five, six years, have four, four people right now that are all alums that totally get what Quinnipiac's about. That was one of the things that he mentioned when we talked, uh, and you're going to hear the interview in just a couple of minutes with Nick Cherbinsky. I asked him about the the value of having alums back in the office, and, and he echoed exactly what you said, having people that have that passion already built in, that that know what Quinnipiac Athletics and the Athletic Communications Department is capable of, and then being able to, to put that into action along with some of the great students that we have. So it's a great formula that's going on right now, and in this episode, we kind of want to give everybody an idea of what's going on behind the scenes of athletic communication. So uh, our first interview of the day is with Nick Sherbinski, like we met, like we mentioned. He is the Associate Athletic Director of Athletic Communications. He has a lot of great ideas, and I talked to him about that. All right, we're back on the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast with our very first guest, uh, the man behind the magic that's going on right here, the Associate Athletic Director for Athletic Communications, Man, Nick Sherbinsky, that is a mouthful. Yeah, it's a lot of words, but it's just, you know, we're we're all part of one team here, so really for me it doesn't make a difference what the title is. We're just uh, you know, we have a really good team that we put together in this department and I think we're this is a perfect example on this podcast that we're off to some pretty cool things. Right. Well, first of all, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for for joining us and for making this happen. Um, so I kind of want to give everybody a little bit of an idea of how you got here. You know, you started as a student at Quinnipiac University and then come back a couple years later and now you're sitting here and as an associate athletic director. So how'd you get here? Yeah, it's it's really cool. Um, I have a lot of passion for this university and the department um, and really just due to, you know, everyone that was able to work with me when I was a student and really teach me, you know, the tr- tools of the trade. And I came in as a journalism student in 2010 thinking, you know, I'm going to do play-by-play, ESPN, Boston Bruins, something like that, that I can go. And, you know, I really was confident that's what I was going to do. I did it all through college, literally the senior year. Um, but I was also working in what was then sports information in the athletics department. And I picked up a lot of that, um, you know, that experience. And I didn't know that that was even something you could do until I got here. Um, I did a little bit of marketing, some promotions and, you know, a little bit of everything. And ultimately, when I was ready to graduate, got an internship um, or, you know, assistant job at University of Rhode Island, uh, where I did that for a year in athletic communications, which is now what this office is called, a little bit more of the shift towards the new media. Um, After that year, went to Emanuel College for just about a year and a half as the assistant SID there Um, before or until then I came back here. Uh, which was for a marketing job. So I was doing, you know, assistant director of marketing, fan engagement, and really that whole opportunity came about because of what I was able to do as a student and, you know, couldn't have done that without everyone here allowing me to do that. Um, You know, I like to think I put my own spin on it a lot and, you know, got a lot out of it because of the effort I put in, but without the opportunities from, you know, full-time staff here and, you know, different mentors, different people, I really wouldn't have gotten to that point. Um, and that was two years. And then we just made this shift over about a month ago and, and here we are. So it's been a ride. So you mentioned that, uh, this office is now called athletic communications and you know, the, the department can also be kind of referred to as sports information. They kind of go hand in hand, but you've been talking since the beginning, since we first met back in the summer about making that change over to new media. So what are you and your department trying to do to make that change? 
Yeah, the change has been happening. Um, it's not that we came in and said, okay, now it's a new department, but in a lot of ways it's happening around the whole field. So, you know, when I was a student here and someone said, what do you do? It was stats, releases, website, you know, some of that, what now some people look at as monotonous, but right. that Your was traditional media, right? Traditional media athletics, relations. Yeah. You know, we don't have a huge media, you know, local media buzz around all of our sports here. It's a good, we have a good beat and a, you know, different people that cover different things, but it's not a huge reach, you know, like an Ohio state or someone like that, that's turning away media at the door. Um, so the media relations part is not as active. It's now that external relations, the we are marketing and promotions in every sense, even though there's a marketing department, we're doing all this external work we're doing on the website all of the social media accounts for the university, for the athletics department, um, video now with this podcast audio and there's, you know, every realm of media, it's our job in our department to tap into that to the best of the ability of our department. Um, and that's what we're trying to do. So that's, it's not as much changing what happened from before, but more adding to it because we're still doing the stats, the writing, you know, everything that went with it before. It's just in addition to, can we adapt that to what, new media, new technology and everything outside is going because if you don't keep up with social media and digital and everything that, you know, as they say, the kids are using these days, we don't keep up with the recruits, the fans, the students and the alums, you know? So it's a process that we could do this again in two years and we could be doing something totally different. So when you look at the kids and obviously the students that are coming to watch the student athletes are a very important demographic for you guys. They're always on social media. They're, it's more than just Twitter. It's Instagram. It's Snapchat. And you've mentioned before that you want to try to capitalize on this market. So what plans are in the works for you guys and the department in general to kind of capitalize on social media as a tool to market? So one piece is, you know, some of this, it's, it's not always just doing things on social, but it's getting what we are doing out on social, right? So doing different things to promote stuff like the podcast or you know, some different projects that we can talk about in a little bit that, you know, we're getting out there and promoting it through that, you know, instead of just doing a video feature about an athlete and putting it on our website, it's with that video feature, let's do a 30 second tease that we can put on social and let's start pushing it there. You know, using social media as a recruiting tool for our programs is what the coaches want. It's what the teams want. We are here to serve that purpose. Um, so like I said, it's not about, we're getting it out to, you know, the local media and doing press releases. It's really about let's, what can we do to get the next level? Um, and we've done some cool things this year with, you know, upping our graphics and just when we got a long way to go there, um, we're starting, you know, to, to evolve and to get to the next level there. Um, but you can always improve that, um, our video content, you know, putting as of last year, having two people in place that are solely here with a full-time role, to focus on video production and, and content creation f on the video side, that's a huge realm for us to tap into. Um, and we've just scratched the surface there. So I think you can see a lot more video content coming out of our department. Um, you know, just even the in-game stuff where we may have a broadcast and a live stream, but we have something supplemental on social that's going on at the same time with graphics and live coverage. Um, we want to tap into a little more of the Instagram, the IGTV and, you know, set it up kind of like the sports center, Snapchat and that kind of stuff where we'll do a Bobcats weekly type show that some people may have seen on YouTube. That was basically just sports center. 
Um, we want to take that onto the social realm and forget the long form altogether and do it more in a quick hitter. People wake up in the morning as everybody does. And the first thing you do is go on Instagram and click through the stories, go on Snapchat, click their stories. We want to be in that realm because that's where people are going. So I think what everyone in this field has tried to do, and I think everyone has failed at, including us is we're going to put something out there and we're going to get everyone to go to it. Just like at a game, we're going to have an event. We want everyone to go to it. We need to be, saying everyone is going here we need to put something here so everyone's going to instagram for the stories let's go to the stories let's go to highlights and let's start getting them there as opposed to just putting something up hoping they see it so that's kind of our our goal overall is go to where the people are and how does how does all of this kind of get back to getting students and parents and fans into the games watching the students watching the games i think really what we're going to try to do and hopefully we've already done a good job starting here is Get the personalities and, 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 you know, inside look at more about what our department does, what we're about, the department meaning the whole athletics department, you know, inside look at our programs, our coaches, our athletes, and make those connections. People want real world, real life connections. So if you're a freshman coming in, all you know is, yeah, I should go to these games because I'm a student here. If, you know, all of a sudden you know that that, you know, young woman that sits next to you in class is a freshman on the lacrosse team. And now you know a little bit more about her because, okay, she's a biomedical scientist major and she's from Long Island. Oh, I'm from Long Island. And now you have a reason to get to know that person in class. And now they have a game on Friday. Oh yeah, I'll go watch that game. So it may seem short-sighted because it's one connection at a time, but those are the connections that really matter. You could get 500 you know, people from a student organization or, or a Greek life chapter to come to a game because of a cause at a certain game. Most of those people aren't going to come to the next one if they don't have a reason to. So it's building that long lasting connection that freshman to senior year, you really build that up. And then when you're an alum, you're still going to come back. You know, I, I like to think I have a lot of passion for the school and the department. I'd love to be able to get to a point where everybody coming out of here has that same, you know, some we've hired two alums in our department now and we have that draw. I'd like to see a lot of people that come out of here and say, you know, this was the place that I really, really love. I always want to come back. And you can see it's it's important. The thing that you mentioned about making that one-on-one connection is important. And that's another goal of this podcast that we've talked about is being able to bring everybody closer to the athletes that they're coming out and watching. And with a, a student body that's not an Ohio State or a Penn State, a, a little bit of a smaller campus, a more intimate campus, those, those connections are the ones that pay dividends more than trying to get an entire group of, you know, 50,000 people to come out and, and watch your game. So you actually mentioned exactly what I wanted to ask in my next question. So there's been a lot of change going on within the athletic communications office, starting with you and, and working your way down. So you've already gotten the chance to bring back a couple of Quinnipiac alums like yourself into the office. Were you looking to bring back Quinnipiac alums specifically? And what value do they have having gone to this school already? I mean, we were looking for the people that are going to do the job the best, you know? So really we, there's two things that I look at when I'm, you know, hiring and filling positions and filling an office, especially in this rare situation where the entire office we were kind of turning over. Um, you don't want to just bring in people to fill the spot. So knowing that, okay, I could get, get Kevin Noonan from Colgate who was covering men's hockey. He's going to come in and cover men's hockey here, but at the same time, he's going to be able to have that easy transition because he's already been here and he knows that, okay, 
this is a place that I'm used to. So it's not he's going to have to make that transition and try to adjust and do all the new things. He came in from day one and was right on, you know. Um, and then Nick Solari coming from Stony Brook, he was just covering women's hoops. He was getting moved over to men's hoops. He's doing men's hoops now for us. Again, he's got the sport experience he's in, and he came in last week, and he jumped right on. So it's, you know, it is definitely an ease of transition for people that have been here that they know, then they were here recently, so the coaches know them. Some of the players know them. They don't have to restart that trust and that that relationship. Um, But at the same time, yeah, I value it a lot because, like I said, that passion you really can't get from anywhere outside. So, you know, Kevin, Nick, myself – that extra you don't have to ask for that extra step and that extra work it's like you know if something needs to be done at nine o'clock at night on a random weeknight it's going to get done because you know we have people and our whole office is like that everyone here you know whether it's Quinnipiac or not is you know is going to do that and put that effort in because everybody cares um but it's kind of like you know that going in with people that have that connection so you don't have to really try to find that in them when it's a new person it's they're here. They they have it in their blood a little bit, and they're you know they're hungry to do it. They bleed blue and yellow. That's it. We can, it's blue and gold, Dan. But Sorry. it's okay. Sorry. Um, so this is kind of a this is kind of a broad question, and you can really go with this wherever you want. You're at the very beginning of your your reign, if you will, as a associate athletic director. What's next? What do you see? Your your either your one year plan, your five year plan. What do you want to see come out of this department for this athletic department? Yeah. So, so you mean department wise or personally? Uh, either, honestly, I'd love to know what you, what you see for yourself, but from this, from the athletic communications yeah. department in general, what do you see you guys doing in the next year or two? So I think the foundation has really been laid, you know, previously to even us coming in to really be able to take where we are now and elevate a lot. Um, adding, you know, Maggie coming in as an additional full-time staff member that we didn't have that slot before. So now, I think some of the stuff we talked about, just really building on some of these feature pieces and, uh, you know, original generated content using groups like the Bobcat Sports Media Group and, you know, some of our interns and work study kids and really taking them instead of just having someone running a clock at a game, let's get them to find out what do they really want to do and enjoy learning about and let's put them in position to succeed. So it's, it's more than just people in this staff, but that's how I'd like to see in the next year. You know, if we sat down a year from right now, it would be everything that we've put in place in the last month is thriving. That's really all all I'm looking for now is we, we have a really good opportunity to build, hopefully, on the success of our teams on and off the field and the court um, or any other playing surface. And I think, you know, I'm really trying to just walk before we run a little bit and not get too carried away and do too many crazy things, but try new things. If they don't work, they don't work. You know, it's not the great thing is that we work in sports, you know, it's, it's a tire ad. It's, it's, you know, the collegiate atmosphere, but we work in sports nine times out of 10, somebody tries something on a field. It doesn't work. The game doesn't end when that happens, you know? Right, so right. we're, we're looking at it like, Hey, if we have an idea and everybody in the room thinks it's a good idea, let's try it. It may work and it may be great. Most of the time it's not gonna, we're gonna have to adjust and figure it out. So it's going to be a learning process for a little while. Um, long-term for this department, I'd love to see, just some more growth. You know, there's so much we can do with more graphic design, you know, people that are specializing in different things. So instead of just, you know, having, you know, we have the two video and production, which that's a specialty, which is awesome. Having four people that are just considered athletic communications assistants or, you know, myself and the three other people doing sports, 
that that sport contact piece I don't think is as up to date as a lot of the rest of the office, you know, what we're trying to do. So right. you have those video and production, that piece is a perfect specialty of let's bring people in and know what they're doing and we've done that. Graphic design, photography, the things that we need specialty in, that's a place to grow into those roles and say, okay, let's have someone that does graphics and photos. Let's have someone that does this. Let's have someone that does that. And let's really elevate. Um, that's what I think long-term we could get to. Uh, before we let you go, Nick, uh, a couple of more personal questions, I guess, to kind of get to know you and, uh, and you know, see what, see what makes you tick a little bit. So Great. the first one that we have in our before we go questions if you could live in one place across the world that isn't Hamden, Connecticut, because obviously this is where you'd rather be, where would you go? Wow, I wasn't prepped for these at all. Nope, uh, there there should be no prep. It's I've kind of more just a need all business answer. for the last month, so yes. this is different. Yeah, um, I went to Salamanca, Spain, uh, last year. My sister studied abroad there. Okay, and I have never felt so detached in a good way in my entire life. I would love to, even if it was three months in the summer, I would love to just turn everything off, go out there and live there for, you know, whatever amount of time. The The lifestyle there was outstanding. Um, man, that was, that place was outstanding. It was just, that's my spot. So, I mean, do you have a, did you have a phone on you? Do you have anything or would you just kind of leave it in your yeah, room for the I day? Yeah, I mean, we did, but you know, I didn't. I didn't even have the international plan. So the only time you can have anybody that's talking to you is if you're on Wi-Fi. you know, so there's one or two times, you know, it was, it happened to be during the middle of the Bruins playoff run. So I, I can say in a hotel room in Spain at three o'clock in the morning, my dad, my brother and I ran into the hallway of the hotel. We were in separate (laughs) rooms, ran into the hallway because the internet cut out as the Bruins were going to double overtime with Ottawa. Um, and both ran out and said, "Does your internet is this still working? What's going on?" <laughs> it came on four minutes after they gave up the goal to lose. Oh. Um, so we did have it, right? But I can tell you that the best times on that trip are when nobody was, you know, connected to anything because it's just everyone in that in that town in that area was just, you know, there. They were in it. They were yeah. present. You could have a conversation with someone, and they're there. And it's just relaxed they take a nap in the middle of the day which is the best part of europe um it was it's just a cool place you know it's very different from anywhere i'd ever been here so that's i'd love to go there okay wow that sounds unbelievable yeah, right about awesome. now um okay second question um kind of along the line the same lines as that one you can have dinner with one person living or dead who would it be so I have two answers to this question sure uh just because i cannot and will not choose uh <laughs> I guess, I mean, tech, there's two answers of people. The other part is that I would always say, you know, family members that have passed first, but that's, right. I guess it, that's a different touch that on can, this question. Yeah, so yeah. that's kind of a given for me. Yeah. Uh, the two answers are Walt Disney and Herb Brooks. Wow. Um, okay. I'm fascinated by everything that has to do with Walt Disney. I think he had the best mind of anyone that's ever lived. I think everything about him and the legacy and the whole thing is just brilliant. Um, the way they run their business, the way everything that still happens now is because of him. It's remarkable. I'd love to pick his brain on that and just hear the stories. Herb Brooks, I actually did meet um, about a year before he passed. Um, wow, where? Uh, he was a scout for the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, at Schneider Arena in Providence. So it was, you know, it was kind of crazy because I had watched the movie and he was kind of my idol there for a long time and still is. Now I coach and that's, you know, 
I refer back to a lot of his things. So I would love to on the hockey side, yep, get that, and then on the personal and the business side, I guess would be would be Walt Disney and the entertainment because that's those two in the room together. I think would be gold. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that covers that covers all your bases yeah. from a from a sports yeah. and a and a general entertainment. Right. Okay. Last one, uh, and I'm borrowing this one from Katie Nolan's podcast. Uh, this is always my my when I first meet somebody question. Love it. Um, you're on death row. What is your last meal, oh. dinner, drink, and dessert? We this steal is this the- from Katie Nolan. Can I say love you mean it at the end? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Death row meal. Yep. Oh, dinner, man. drink, dessert. This is this is the hardest question I'm going to ask today. That really is tough. Yeah. Uh because you want to say like I love a good chicken parm, but that can't be my last meal. Yeah, uh, it's I, Nor- normally can't. like it'll be a it'll be a you know some kind of dish from right, somewhere. Right, like, like and when I've you heard growing it, up and yeah. growing up in Rhode Island and and yeah, it's you know we'll go nostalgia then I guess, but we're yeah. gonna. I think I am gonna go chicken parm, and okay. I'm gonna tell you why. It's gonna be chicken parm from Marchetti's restaurant okay. in Cranston. Yep, in Rhode Island where I'm from. You want a good Italian dinner. There's plenty in Rhode Island that are good Italian. But Marchetti's is known for giving you literally a pound of pasta with every dish. So no exaggeration. You sit down at the table. You get a huge bowl of salad for the table. You get unlimited bread and butter, you know, whatever you want. You order that dinner and they have – it's a huge piece of chicken the size of the dish with a full pound of pasta just loaded up in there. Um you really can't beat that. If I had to pick something else, it'd be the penne pink vodka sauce with chicken, but I'm going chicken parm, Marchetti's. Um, the dessert used to be, it was another, it might've been a restaurant called Twin Oaks, and I know no one relates to this because it's all local stuff, nah, but whatever. it's a brownie sundae, Ooh. supreme brownie sundae, and when I was little, they used to have, it was an Oreo brownie sundae. Yeah. They used to have little rubber, like almost like Gumby style Oreo guy, like with an eyes, like face on the Oreo. And it was this bendy guy. Okay. And that was basically like the only reason you would get it is because you would have this Gumby Oreo that you'd pull out and say, oh, this is pretty sweet. Um, yeah, but that was that was kind of my go-to when I was younger. I'd love to, they'd get rid of that. So that would be my, my dessert. Okay. That's a strong pick. And then for a drink, I know a lot of times they'll go some alcoholic drink or a beer or anything like that. Yeah. I'm really not a big drinker. Okay. Um, so I don't think I would go with anything like that, but oh, man, do you have that, a, like a go-to during the day? Like this with my lunch or no, something like I, that? I drink, I really just drink water during the day. Like that's a tough, I would never say just a glass of water. That's just the worst <laughs> thing you could ever say. Um, I don't know. Honestly, like a huge, I want to be cliche and just say a huge, huge glass of the Baja Blast Mountain Dew. Wow. Okay. Because why? If you go out that way, then yeah. there's no, you know, you yeah. can't even have any regrets about it. Yeah. So we're gonna go with it. Let's I lock like it that. in. That's that's, that's that's a horrible overall meal, but <laughs> piece by piece we can lock it in. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna yeah. feel it after. Yeah. But yeah. Well, I won't. That's the point. There you go. Right. <laughs> right. You'll feel it for the five minutes, and then someone you're else might feel it. But that's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Nick Sherbinski, thank you so much for joining us here in our first episode of the Athletics Podcast. It's it's an honor to talk to you, and and thank you for the opportunity to do this. Um, make sure everybody, uh, do you have anything that you want to plug for people to follow? Well, first I want to thank you, Dan. Um, I think you really do a good job with all this stuff and could not have anyone better to run this whole thing for us on the athletic side. Um, and 
as excited as anybody else, I think, is to see where we go with it and, and you know, who you bring on and some of that conversation. Uh, we do have a few things coming up soon that I think people will be excited about. We're going to do that Bobcats Weekly on Instagram that we talked about. Uh, so check that out. Um, all that video content is coming, you know, every day. Um, and then one other piece that we just locked in today. Uh, we haven't decided an official name yet, but Tyler Brocious, that is our grad assistant, is going to be hosting a web show uh kind of a spin off of jerry seinfeld's comedians and cars getting coffee it's going to be some semblance of bobcats getting b and d with broche um and we'll have similar to this podcast but a different feel less scripted you know less not not scripted but less of a you know business feel more more like the last three questions than than the first few right uh with admins coaches athletes and that's going to be really fun so i think that'll be something cool wow yeah make sure you keep an eye out for all of that go online to the website quinnipiacbobcats.com follow all of the social media accounts especially instagram to keep an eye out for bobcats weekly nick shabinsky thanks so much appreciate it thanks dan Okay, thanks very much to Nick Sherbinski for joining us on the first episode of the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast. I mean, a lot of great ideas coming from that mind. It's it's going to be very, very exciting to see what's coming. Dangerous the, the mind, but Dang. those are the best kind. <laughs> um, and he really got he really got uh, into those the the personal questions that we had a couple a couple of home answers from uh, Cranston, Rhode Island that he gave us. But <laughs> anyways, uh, that is the first of two interviews that we have for everybody today. Kind of setting up our big interview. The next one that we have for you is Greg Amodio. He is the athletic director here at Quinnipiac University. And one of the things that Greg always talks about, Broche, is the plan, the five-year plan, the planning for success instead of using more of an emergency backup plan. That's his big thing. It's absolutely to work for an athletic director that will come right into the booth, dap you up in the middle of you doing play-by-play or running social media, ask you what you're doing, how you're doing, how's your mom, how's the birds. I mean, he's the absolute best as a person. And then as the actual athletic director, to hear him speak about five years out, seven years out, that's the kind of voice I love. You know, anybody can say, let's have a great year this year, but it's the minds that can say, you know what, let's do it in five, let's do it in seven. That's why he's in the spot that he is. And he's changed everything about this place. And, you know, everything was really great, but the upper echelon he's pushed it to with the new facilities and just urgency to not only be good, but amazing is what we're talking about here. And that's exactly what we talked about with Greg Modia. Let's take a listen on what he had to say. And we're back on the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast, episode number one, and we are honored to be joined by the Athletic Director of Quinnipiac University, Greg Amodio. Greg, how are you? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me on. We're we're honored to have you. We're we're pleased that you were able to join us today and take the time. Uh, so you, as we talked about before, you're going into your fourth year here at Quinnipiac University. Um, I want to first give the the listeners just an idea of how you got here. You know, what were the steps that you did before this that got you to Quinnipiac and to Hamden? Sure. Uh, prior to coming to Hamden, I was the athletic director at uh, Duquesne University in Pittsburgh for 10 years. And prior to that, I spent 10 years at Xavier University in Cincinnati. So I'm going into my 24th year in college athletics administration. So how, how have you seen, before we get into Quinnipiac in general, how have you seen the landscape of college athletics change during your 24 years? And, you know, in terms of either the sports themselves or how recruiting's done, how sports are promoted, anything like that, what kind of changes have you seen? 
Well, I think the biggest changes have been societal in nature. Um, you know, the evolution of cell phones and the internet. And I remember starting at Xavier and just getting internet on my computer and not having a cell phone when I started and, and migrating into that. And then social media and the advent of social media and how we communicate is so drastically different than it was uh, you know, 5, 10, 15 years ago that it forces us to continue to elevate what we do and how we do it and make sure that we're putting all the pieces in place so we can communicate effectively in the community. And we talked to Nick Jabinski earlier in this episode, and we'll discuss a little bit about uh, athletic communications and, and the role that they play. But one of the first things that has been brought up when I asked about you and you know what are some good things to bring to bring up with you is the plan. You're all about the plan and having a plan in place for the next five years, the next seven years, 10 years. So how important, first of all, is making a plan for you? And what are your plans for Quinnipiac Athletics? I think strategic planning is key in, in order to focus on what the goals are and where you're trying to get, the, you know, ultimately the end game for the athletic department. And, and our end game is directly tied to what the end game is for the institution. We engaged in some strategic planning exercises back in the spring internally with the athletic staff, and we came up with a, a 10-page document that kind of outlines what we think needs to be done. But it was more operational in nature. It didn't have a lot of visionary components. I didn't think we were in a position to go ahead and engage in the visionary aspects until a new president arrived and, uh, and ultimately Dr. Judy Olian coming on board and, and Dr. Olian having an opportunity to express what her vision is for the institution. And then that would allow us to formulate the visionary aspects for athletics and just make sure that our plan is in line with the institutional plan, that it is meeting and helping to, uh, to go along with the institutional mission and ultimately the strategic objectives as set forth by uh, the university administration. So talk to me a little bit. You mentioned Dr. Olian. Talk to me about your, your early conversations with her and, and what she sees for you and for this department. Yes, we had an opportunity to sit down in, in my office here. She, she, she came up the hill and, uh, and we spent an hour and a half together, which was great. Uh, provided her with a bunch of data before she, she came to sit down. So she was well-versed in, in who we are and what we do and where we fit into the overall um, scheme for the institution. And we just talked again about, you know, her level of expectation for athletics and how it has significantly helped to enhance the brand overall over the last 10 or 15 years. You know, frozen four runs on the hockey side and sweet 16 runs on the women's basketball side and national championships and rugby and all of the different uh, positives that our student athletes bring to the table. And beyond just the athletics part, you know, we also oversee recreation and our murals here. So also talking a lot about the general and overall student experience from a recreational standpoint, a health and wellness standpoint, and an engagement standpoint back with our intercollegiate athletic programs. What does she expect from the athletics? You mentioned, you mentioned talking about expectations. What did she come in expecting from the athletic department and from the teams here? Yeah, I think uh, she expects what we all expect, which is for our student athletes to conduct themselves in an appropriate way academics first. And, you know, you may know this, our overall student GPA for the fall was uh, over a 3.3, close to a 3.7 for all of our student athletes. Uh, so achieving in the classroom, competing for championships, being actively engaged in the campus and local community, those are all key components for the institution and for athletics. So there was the introduction of two new facilities down on the main campus for field hockey and then soccer and lacrosse for both men's and women's. Right. 
Um, that, of course, added on to this this lovely facility we're in right now. Um, how important for the fall and spring athletics are these two new facilities, and what was the ultimate goal with building these? Yeah, ultimately, we want to provide our student athletes and coaches with the best assets possible. So do we have uh, the right coaches in place? Are we providing them with the scholarships they need, the operating dollars that they need to compete? And in many cases, most importantly, the correct facilities. So to have state-of-the-art facilities, to be able to spend close to $30 million to support the lacrosse, soccer, and field hockey programs is critical towards uh, being able to get uh, potential student athletes and recruits excited about being part of the institution and the athletic program, and also providing a first-rate viewing opportunity for our fans when they come out and, and being in a, a state-of-the-art facility. So we talked a little bit when I when I spoke with Nick Jurbinski earlier. He is, of course, the uh, Associate Athletic Director of Athletic Communications. So one of the roles of this department is to get fans in the seats, as you mentioned. So you know, aside from social media, what, what different components go into getting people to these games? There's a social media side, but what else right. is there? Well, I think it's an integrated approach. You know, Nick, having been a student here and actively engaged as a student to drum up support and then going out into uh, a couple of other opportunities, see how it's done at different institutions, and then coming back and really working in the marketing area for us. You know, we elevated Nick up to the athletic communications role just a couple of months ago. And as we see it, athletic communications, marketing, ticket sales, working with institutional marketing and communications, you know, it's all an external relations type of mindset. And everything should be integrated because we want to make sure that we're delivering a consistent message. So it's important for, for Nick and his staff to be actively engaged with the folks here in the building on ticketing and marketing, just so that we're always delivering a positive message, a consistent message to our fans uh, about what we're trying to get done, you know, what's going on in the building, uh, stories about our student athletes and our coaches delivering the successes and letting people know all the good things that are happening here. What's the message you want to get out? I think the, me the message is really that, one, you know, we do things the right way here in athletics. Again, all about academics, athletics, uh, community engagement. Uh, and that at the end of the day, you know, these are the, the athletic programs belong to our general student population. You know, we want them to feel engaged in what we're doing here. They're here to support their peers and, and our student athletes, peers back to the general student population and giving them a source of pride. In, in what we're doing here athletically. Uh, and then again, a, an, an engagement component back in the community. You know, are we good reps back in the community? It's good family entertainment to come up and whether it's a field hockey game or, or baseball or softball or coming to hockey or basketball, you're going to see really hardworking student athletes, first class people putting it out there, trying to win and, and be entertaining in the process. So you mentioned the community aspect, and, and you know, you'll see if you follow any of the fantastic social media accounts, you'll see, oh, you know, the men's hockey team went out to a, to a school and helped out in class during the day. So it's, right. it's things like these as well as, you know, some of, the, some of the larger projects that are going on that are getting people to these games. Yeah, we've got a variety of uh, engagements that we, we are involved in, whether they be national programs like Read for America and Best Buddies and Team Impact or reading in school programs, Habitat for Humanity, uh, food and clothing drives around the holidays, things of that nature. You know, we want to just make sure we give back. In many cases, we're incredibly fortunate to be here at the institution, and we want the local community to know that we appreciate them. 
So this is kind of a more of a broad question because we talked about your plan. It can be either from a personal or just from a university-wide perspective. What's next? What can we see coming down the pike for Quinnipiac Athletics? Yeah, I think it's lining up with the vision that Dr. Olian will present um, through a, a strategic planning phase here institutionally, making sure that what we do athletically is aligned with the institutional mission and objectives for the future. Uh, because, you know, you can't just run parallel tracks. We have to be supportive of what the institutional mission and, and objectives are. And that will all be framed by the strategic planning phase. Uh, so we're excited to see ultimately where we are, where we're going to go over the next five years, and the ways that athletics can help advance that. So before we go, I appreciate you taking the time. I have a couple of questions. We asked the same ones to Nick. They're a little bit more a little bit more personal. Gotcha. So kind of kind of get to know know the other side of Greg Amodio. So the first one, and this can just kind of be a knee-jerk reaction. Besides Hamden, Connecticut, because obviously everybody wants to come here, if you could live one place in the entire world, where would it be? Oh, geez. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny and it, it sounds kind of strange, but uh, I, I get back to Cincinnati a lot. Okay. Only because I have a lot of friends from my time in Cincinnati. Uh, so I, I still have good, good buddies there that I go back. We actually still have family in Cincinnati. One of the reasons we moved there. So I do like getting back to Cincinnati. It doesn't sound like the Mecca of a destination, but, uh, but it has good memories for me and, and some of my buddies are there. So it's always a good time. Hey, sometimes hey, the memories are all that yeah. matters really. Yeah. Do you, you, now, do you root for Cincinnati sports teams or do you have a, a rooting no, interest no, elsewhere? No, I, you know, grew up, uh, born in the Bronx, grew up on Long Island and I've never given up those allegiances. So I'm still a long suffering Mets fan. Uh, and the, the, the Knicks, um, are, are the two that I follow locally. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so I'm hoping both of those fortunes turn around sooner than later. You're not. You don't have a chance to get to uh, David Wright's last game, do you? No, I will not. Okay. I will not. It's uh, you know bittersweet. He yeah. Obviously, uh, heart and soul of the Mets for a long time, and it's a shame that it had to end this way. But it's probably for the best. At this point, yeah. There's there's only so much you can play around with your spine before True. before you kind of need to need to move on. Okay. Second one, uh, and kind of kind of along the same lines as the first one. One person, living or dead, that you could have dinner with. Who would it be? Um. You know what? It'd always be my, my parents. Yep. Uh, fortunate enough to have my parents uh, still with me. And uh, anytime we can spend some time together and engage, that's always an important time for me and something that I cherish. Fantastic. Um, and the last one, this is a little more unique. You are on death row. What would your last meal be? Dinner, drink, and dessert. So you can go, you can go something from, I mean, maybe even something in Cincinnati that was your, yeah. your go-to meal. No, you know, I, I think at, at the end of the day, and I guess that's the ultimate at the end of the day, Yeah, um, probably just a steak, a good steak, um, a bourbon, and uh, a good piece of pie. That's probably it. That's classic. The yeah. classic American meal. There you Love go. that. Uh, well, Greg Amodio, thank you so much for taking the time. We really appreciate it. Sure. Um, and make sure everybody continues to go to QuinnipiacBobcats.com. Follow all of the social media accounts. Greg, thanks so much. Thank you.
So thanks so much to Greg Amodio for joining us here on the first episode of the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast. And it's just like we said before we started, Broach. This man has a plan and he's ready to execute. Yeah, I always like whenever I see Greg, I always go, it's the goat. And he is like, <laughs> he's so funny in the way he does things. He's a good, funny guy. And when it comes to the plan, it's really serious and it's really hard hitting. And that's the stuff I love. He's just he's brilliant. And the best to wake up in the morning and have a leader like him and have a leader like Nick. It gets you really, really juiced up for your 12 minute car ride in. You know, you know, you're you're going to end up in a good place. <laughs> yeah. At the uh, at the end of the day with the two of them. So that's pretty much it for our first episode of the Quinnipiac Athletics podcast. Broche, of course, thank you for joining us as always. Can't wait for more, my friend. Cannot wait. You're an absolute gem. <laughs> <laughs> so wait quickly before that's completely not true. But before before we go, uh, I want you to be able to plug uh, a new project that you're going to be heading up. Uh, a certain it's another interview type of project but uh, a little bit less formal a little bit more get to know the personal side yeah um we i am basically having lunch with different people at bnd we are still working out the name broche Roche and Bobcats getting lunch at B&D or breakfast at B&D if we just want to keep this bees going. A lot going. of bees, yeah. A lot of bees. <laughs> but regardless, I think it's kind of going off the idea of Seinfeld and cars, comedians and cars getting coffee. I think that's the best. I If you can allow someone, hypothetically, I think we will get Greg at one point, but you allow him to untie the tie, kick back, have a nice coffee, black with a little pinch of sugar, and really talk to him like, I, I, and I told this the first time I mentioned Nick Sabinski. I don't want a single – if I can go 20-minute interview and only two minutes of it be Quinnipiac talk, that's what I want out of this. Right. I really want to get to – like if Greg wants to sit there and talk about his awesome dog he has, then let's do that conversation. I think you know it goes back to what we were talking about just a few minutes ago. I want – the people of this department to shine. They're amazing workers, but I want the people. What are they doing out of the office? What shoes do you like to wear? You know, stupid things. Like, what's your favorite pizza and why do you put hot sauce and ranch on it? <laughs> Let's have some fun. And I think it, it's going to be a lot of fun. And this next semester, it's going to be a whirlwind, but it always is. And might as well have some fun with it. So keep an eye out for uh, Broche and the title with the many bees that somehow <laughs> involves Broche and Bobcats and B&D and free lunch with a bunch of cool people. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for tons of chicken <laughs> so uh yeah so make sure you keep an eye on that make sure you visit quinnipiacbobcats.com that's where you can get all of the content that's the hub you get the written the written stories from Broch and a lot of the great people in the bobcat sports media group stats rosters everything everything you literally need, everything everything uh make sure also another great spot to stop for everything you need uh is every social media platform that you can follow the quinnipiac bobcats on whether it be twitter facebook instagram everything there are constant up Updates going up, stories, you can get scores right up to date. Everything that you want, you can find on social with the Bobcats. Yeah, and luckily this summer, another big um, initiative we had was we changed basically all the Twitter handles so it fits the QU underscore. And then basically, whether it's women's soccer, it's WSOC and like different stuff like that. So you'll you'll catch on if you're looking for a specific sport. Woo! Friday. End um, of the week, baby. <laughs> um, if you're looking for a specific sport, you can find it that way or at QU Athletics is going to get you the main hub of everything. But it's, it's check it out. Check out the graphics I'm making during Monday morning with my iced coffee. <laughs> uh, and uh, where can we follow you personally, Broche? Um, at Tyler underscore Broche, which is usually just me rambling. I got a bad haircut yesterday, so I'm still trying to power through that. See, I I, I don't see it. You saw it last night and appreciated it, which I appreciate the compliment, but yeah. it's, still, it's just not mentally there for me. I it, That's not, I mean, because then I just look at the face and you're smiling and then I'm like, oh, like the haircut start. doesn't really matter. <laughs> 
You might be the nicest person I've ever met. <laughs> Dan Ball, where can we find you? Uh, we can find me at Dan Ball, B-A-H-L, on pretty much all social media platforms. <laughs> yeah, all right, so we will be back in two weeks with another episode of the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you in two weeks. Bye-bye. theme song of the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast is Wire and Flashing Lights by Professor Click.